right, Union of the Unwanted back on Monday, June 6th, 2022. Ricky, take it away. What's up? Just need to remind everybody that unionofthunwanted.com is where you can find links to our social media platforms, our, our channels, all the places you can find the Union of the Unwanted. Uh, also, the, we live stream on Rockfin every other Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then people ask, where can I find it after? You can find it everywhere after. So it's available on all the audio places. And then it's also eventually available within like a couple of days on our Odyssey channel. So it's only be on Rockfin exclusively for a little bit. And then eventually we share these conversations with the world. Uh, thank you so much, everybody who's joining us. There's going to be people, I'm sure, jumping in and jumping out uh, like typically with these shows, which is always fun. Um, but we got some new faces. We got some... OGs of the Union of the Unwanted also, some some uh, familiar faces, which is always nice. And uh, But honestly, we want to do a general topic show. And I think everybody kind of has a different opinion on what topics we should be focused on or what going on in the world should be uh, discussed more. So maybe let's go to one, one of the new faces. And uh, if there's a, a specific topic, Celeste or, or uh, a Bart that you guys think we should be spending more time researching or talking about or highlighting. Uh, maybe give a little brief background on uh, who you are and then maybe let us know what uh, what research you're, you're typically diving deep into. You want to jump in, Bart? Yeah, because as soon as you said something, something popped to my mind. I had the uh, pleasure of being asked by Kate Daly to be on InfoWars. And everyone's been saying, how come you haven't been on InfoWars or Joe Rogan to talk about the moon landing fraud, especially all the revelations in my book? And she said, well, we, we, we saw you with Mike Adams talking about Planet X. And we want to talk about that, like almost like I was banned from talking about the moon landing fraud on InfraWars. But then I got to thinking about it. You know, the moon landing fraud is true. Uh, however, if a celestial event is coming, it really is more important, like Kate said. And what I realized as I've been studying this little event that's been going on for the last two years, which is a complete fraud to get people to taking medicine for an, an illness they don't have that's likely to lead to their demise and the demise of a large portion of the population. Why are they doing that? And after studying this for years and putting together pieces, including a very interesting uh, retirement statement from Homeland Security Director Janet Napolitano, warning of a natural disaster coming upon America that has never happened in America before. So we know what's coming is a natural disaster. It's never happened in the history of America. And we know we've had volcanoes and earthquakes and so forth. And it's a natural disaster that you could know about years in advance. So that means it's a comet or asteroid or rogue planet because those can be predicted in advance. They're a natural disaster and they've never happened before in America. So I think this little scheme that they've been doing for two years to get people to take this medicine for an illness they don't have, which will lead to their demise, is because if a celestial event is coming toward the earth, it could kill half the people within about six months. So I think what they're doing is they're trying to do a controlled burn by lowering the population in incremental steps so that when this event happens, it will shock society less. And these elite people want to be able to travel and go to hotels and things. And I think that's what they're doing. 
Uh, and Janet Napolitano warned us, just like Eisenhower did on his last day in office, that there's some sort of cosmic event coming that they are preparing for. And I think they're deliberately trying to kill off people now uh, who they see as walking dead anyway, as I guess that way they can sleep at night. And that's probably what's coming. And so that's a pretty important event uh, that most people are not talking about, except maybe Mike Adams, myself, and Kate Daly. And it seems like this is a real possibility that some comet, asteroid, or rogue planet is heading toward Earth within the next few years. And that's really the unseen event that people are talking about and the real reason behind this little event going on for the last two years. It's an interesting take. I, yeah, I think most people haven't heard that uh, perspective or, or that theory. Celeste, you want to jump in and let, let people know who you are, a little bit of your background, and maybe uh, the, the research you typically focus on? So I'm Celeste Solom, and um, my background is medicine. I started in pediatrics, went to dentistry, went to environmental medicine, and then went did a hard left into FEMA and Department of Homeland Security. Um, I was there for Y2K, 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, all the big, big disasters you know. Um, I was there for all the objectives and that were met, unfortunately. And I made an abrupt uh, leave, leaving, left the agencies when they asked me to do something I could not do, and I went dark. Uh, that only lasted about six months because I was already, um, the reason I went in was to get information out. And so I was under Janet Napolitano. <laughs> so uh, that was, uh, I could tell you stories, but um, my research obviously is medicine, military, government, and I'm an organic farmer. Awesome. If you see something, say something. That's what Janet told us. Yep, that's it. <laughs> you know, just and like I'm, just I'm, like the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying something, but not exactly what she meant. You know. Now, now, Brian, I know you. Uh, you you only have a little bit of time. Do you want to jump in and give us some updates? I know you constantly have tons of things going on that are right. super important. So, uh, give us a little bit of update on what you've been up to. Sure, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm. If you hear. In the background, kids or anything, you know, I'm in the midst of across the country. So we have relocated. That's the update. We have relocated both our home and our business. We, the Patriots USA, to Idaho. So, oh, um, you know, we do prison state of Connecticut for greener pastures. Um, you know, not that everything is perfect here because it's perfect. It's certainly not Connecticut or or Massachusetts. Ricky. So um, I just want to quickly tell people what's going on because we're taking on a variety of different litigation now. Um, we're still, obviously, we have mandate stuff. Um, in fact, we just had a, a new plan who's a maintenance technician with Golden State Warriors uh, who happened to be in the finals uh, against my beloved Celtics. I see you have your jersey today, Ricky. Uh, 
I, I was joking with him today on the phone when I was speaking to him. Uh, his name is Jason. I said, hey, Jason, maybe uh, maybe we have to cut this short or, or no, you want to take on uh, 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 you want to take on the Warriors. That's that's great. But you might have to switch teams. <laughs> um, but but ultimately, he's uh, he's been placed on leave and placed on administrative leave His uh, not uh to my understanding, not getting any income right now uh, simply because he refused this shot. I mean, it's just so ridiculous now, right? I mean, what is this? We're going on two and a half years now uh, for a shot that's only uh, 12% effective when it does work and only a small portion of the population and causes, as you know, all kinds of adverse effects. Uh, you know, as, as you were uh, speaking about earlier um, with, uh, you know, trying to decrease the population, I think that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, we're seeing it all around us. You'd have to be absolutely blind living in a cave um, with no internet access um, to, to not know what's going on right now. So we have that. We're about to announce that actually tonight. So I'm giving you, I thought I'd jump on tonight, give you first uh, dibs, Ricky, to break that story and let everybody on here know that he's willing to do interviews right now because this is timely this week because the finals are going on. Uh, he's willing to come forward and tell him what the Warriors have done to him. Um, so uh, you, you all have an open invitation to have him on your podcast and to have me join you as well. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, Brian at We the Patriots USA and anyone else uh, who hasn't had me on before. Monica, it's been a while. We have to catch up. Uh, I'd like to come back on your show. Graham, same thing. Charlie, um, you know, definitely if we can come back on. We have some other exciting things too, though. Um, so we're getting into other issues. We have a, a, a dad in Boston uh, who tried to ex- opt out of transgender curriculum for his son and was told that he couldn't. Uh, it's part of the Common Core. Uh, it's something that you're not allowed. Uh, you're not allowed to have a religious objection to. And so uh, we're filing a federal lawsuit against the Boston Public Schools. Uh, we also have a critical race theory case in Guilford, Connecticut. Uh, and then we're taking on Second Amendment litigation now, too. So we're doing everything because everything that's happening, you know, obviously we talk about, you know, no matter what you want to believe about what happened in Uvalde, uh, you know, I sum on here, you know, you talk about false flags, you talk about whether it was orchestrated, whether it really happened or didn't happen or it really did happen. But yet it's because you know, obviously the government has either intentionally created these conditions that these things happen or um, actually created the uh it's horrific and i know people don't want to talk about it. i'm not gonna get myself in trouble because i don't want to be you know alex jones uh again but um you know i'm i'm not going to come in here and say that it didn't happen but what i'm going to say is regardless of what did happen that you know there are people evil enough to kill children to advance their agenda okay so i'm not going to say children didn't die Okay, because I don't really necessarily believe that. But what I am going to say is that the reason they're doing this is to disarm the population, that the agenda behind it is to disarm us. Because once you disarm the population, they're obviously much easier to control. If you look at the rules for radicals by Saul Alinsky, you've all read that. You're all familiar with that. One of them is to disarm the population. That's actually one of the primary ones, to disarm the population. Because until you can disarm them, you can't adequately adequately control the population that that can defend itself. So we are amassing a gigantic legal fund. We have a right up on our web uh, site, wethepatriotsusa.org forward slash 2A. You'll see our Second Amendment litigation fund because we have to be able to keep the right to defend ourselves because dark times are ahead. You're all right. You know, I mean, I, I'm on the same page with you a lot with a lot of what you say, maybe not 100 percent with everything, but with many of the things. I know that there's a hidden agenda here, which is really not hidden anymore because it's kind of hiding in plain sight. 
but there's still a large percentage of the population that's just so blind and brainwashed that they don't see it. So it's our job to continue uh, spreading this truth. What, what you do, I always tell you, Ricky, every time I'm on your show, you know, I appreciate, you know, you're always giving me props and patting me on the back for doing, taking on this lawsuit or that lawsuit and saying, you know, uh, what great work I'm doing. But honestly, if, if you don't communicate this, I mean, this is actually just as important uh, because so much of the population is, like I said, just living in zombie land or something. So thank you for the opportunity. I just wanted to, to share that with everyone. I'll hang around for a few more minutes. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm in the midst of uh, some, some organized chaos here, but um, you know, I just wanted to say hi to everyone and, and thank you for having me back on. Brian, plug everything again really fast, just so that everybody knows where to find you because you're doing outstanding work and have been for a while. And uh, I think it's important that people know where they can reach you if they need you. Yeah. So thanks, Charlie. It's wethepatriotsusa.org. You can reach me directly, brian at wethepatriotsusa.org. Schedule an interview, schedule interview. Any of those guests, critical race theory case, the transgender case, uh, the Golden State Warrior case, uh, we've got Sar- Army Sergeant Jesus Cano, who's 21 years, three combat deployments and a mobilization to Fort Lee. He's being denied. Now, he's being actually discharged without not honorably either uh, from the United States Army and losing his GI Bill benefits for his children uh, to attend college simply because he refused the shot. So we have uh, and that's in New Mexico. We have cases all over the country right now. But the biggest thing we do need is funding. So that's why another reason we're trying to get the word out. Because obviously, with each one of these lawsuits being anywhere from fifty to hundred thousand um, dollars, and that's you know I get a discounted rate from our attorneys. We do so much work. That's a discounted rate, believe it or not. Um, but when you're talking about dozens of lawsuits at that price, it's a very very hefty price tag, and we definitely need more funding because I think a lot of people have been lulled into sort of this false sense of security. I don't know how when gas prices are like six dollars a gallon, when food prices have tripled over the last what three months. Um, I don't know quite how they think that everything's okay, but at least like with regard to shop mandates, with regard to lockdowns, mask mandates, since that's softened in a lot of places, people are like, they pulled back on donations to not just to my organization, but to all these organizations. because They think, okay, we're good now. We're getting back to normal. Folks, if you think this is normal, I mean, again, I don't know what planet you're living on because this is like the furthest thing. This is worse than it was six months ago. This is worse than it was a year ago. How is this any better than it was in 2020? I think we're much worse than we were in 2020. I mean, look at all these kids now being rushed to the hospital because of you know heart problems or all these people. I, I mean, you probably know some people, blood clots, strokes. I mean, everything. I mean, how can you not see this? I just, it, it, it boggles my mind. But again, thank you for giving me the opportunity. We the Patriots USA org. And I'd love to come on your shows. Again, that's the other reason. And anyone else there that's listening that wasn't able to join tonight, if you have a show, uh, please, our guests are willing to do the publicity because right now, because we're so censored still, um, you know, Mr. Musk taking over Twitter didn't really help too much. Um, and he, whether he really took it over, I mean, BlackRock and Vanguard own most of Twitter anyway, in case you don't know, uh, it's not really Elon Musk. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're still so censored that, you know, most people aren't hearing about any of this. So your shows are really the only platforms that we have left. And that's one of the reasons we started this show was because a lot of people were being censored and we understood the strength in numbers. And if they're all colluding together, then why shouldn't we get together and help each other out and get the word out and do what we can to support each other? And and uh, it's been 
quite a success because honestly, it, it's awesome to see so many people who've been on the show after the show networking and helping each other out and, and, and kind of starting our own little community uh, of support, which is uh, great because obviously we're we're fighting against uh, people who have many more resources than us. So any any help is, uh, you know, is useful. So uh, Monica, I know you have a little bit more on that shooting. And if you guys don't know about our show, The Propaganda Report, please check it out. If you want to uh, keep up to date with what's going on, current events and stuff like that. I know uh, many of our shows uh, don't hit on those type of topics. So, you know, we, we don't keep up uh, with the news. There's a lot going on. And uh, Monica and her co-host do a great job of keeping up with all the headlines and what's going on. And if you want to keep up with it, then uh, check out the Propaganda Report. But uh, Monica, you want to jump in and, and uh, let us know what you've been working on? Yeah, thanks, Ricky. I what I've been noticing about these school shootings, I try not to dig into every single one. I'm with Brian. I don't know what the real stories are, but I do know and I have dug into them before. I actually lost pretty much everything after just the a drive by on pardon the pun, but on the thing that happened in Connecticut in 2012. But uh, the but what I've been noticing is that there are the gun control agenda is actually the ultimate agenda, but there's like a bunch of agendas that they're going to serve before that. So I call it the that the Republicans are in charge of the everything but laws. So they're not going to go for straight gun control until the Republicans help put in place everything but gun control and all the Republican voters breathe a sigh of relief that the Second Amendment hasn't been hit yet. But they're just saving that. It's kind of like Roe versus Wade. I don't know where it's going to come out, but they just save the ultimate one until they can get everything they want. And I just to rattle off the things that they're looking at right now and what the agendas are behind them, I think, are uh, the background checks, which to me, my father used to say is a red scare guy. He used to say, they will they'll cut. They're not coming for your guns because of the background checks for the registries, which is the same thing. They're coming for you because you've identified yourself as uh, noncompliant. So the background checks are terrible uh, giving states incentives to do red flag laws. Another it's I call it the kill and chill law because they come to your house. They get to kill you if they want to. <laughs> like the, I think the very first guy who this was used against, he just he answered the door. They they didn't identify themselves or he didn't know who they were. He had a firearm in his hands and they were like, we're taking that. And he was like, no, you're not. And he died for that. And then what do I do? I'm never answering the door again with a gun. So like that's you chill people doing that. That's what that's all about. They're going to say, oh, it's we're incentivizing states to pass these laws because they don't want to butt up against the Second Amendment. But that's a very insidious process where they kind of make everything federal, even without making it a federal law. They want to secure schools, which is really just obviously the full surveillance state. And the schools are ground zero for everything from masks to vaccines to then food control. The schools have become a new center point of like social control. I think that's important. And the last thing is they want to pass mental health laws that will make it easier to force people to be incarcerated. And then the other thing is that they're using the mental health laws to go and actually, I think, find customers for big pharma. They're actually like when after the New York City subway thing, they said, oh, we're putting in place four teams of four, two uh, law enforcement, one social worker and one clinician to identify people who are mentally ill in the subways and kind of do something with them. If that's giving them pharma or take them into custody to put them in the hospital, I don't know. But it seems to me like they're trying to drum up business that way. And, uh, and then they're just doing a few other things, which is obviously targeting body armor. 
and uh, they they always go for the long guns. I think it's about like ammo. I think that they go for the guns that have the most popular ammo. But I also think they like people to keep the handguns because if they do come to your house, they're not really afraid of the handgun. But just like the background checks, it gives them an excuse to, you know, they don't really have to. They're not afraid of you, but they could if they wanted to target you. I call it target justifying weaponry. Those are the ones you get to keep. So there's a lot of ideas out there, but I just feel like you get them all out there because I think that's what the Republicans are working on. And then after they pass all that, they won't be repealed. And then you'll get the gun control. Yeah. And and the thing is, these issues are important to discuss because there are other agendas being pushed. But I also think they're not as cut and dry, right? Like it's like sometimes somebody from the left, they want to say something. You're like, no, they're trying to take your guns or it's about control. It's about uh, social control. But sometimes they do say something that makes sense. Like if you're, if you have to wait till you're 21 to drink, uh, why can you buy a gun at a much younger age in certain States? You know, that's, that's a reasonable perspective, right? I, but I actually think that the age thing is a problem because they look at I look at this from like growing food, natural medicine, how to handle guns, anything that takes a sense of like a heritage where you can learn from your parents. The more you disconnect people from their historical, their cultural, you know, that stuff being drugs, how to use drugs, how to smoke pot, whatever, like the more you push it away from something that you've that you kind of learn how to be safe and cautious around, then the less good at it you are. So if they pull it up, push it up to 21, you're out of the house by then. That means everyone who goes and buys a gun is going to be somebody who is completely disconnected from any kind of learning from their parents, I think. Like, I know it sounds paradoxical, but I don't like the age laws. The age law seems arbitrary. It almost seems like there needs to be an adult test. The, uh, the unfortunate part is whoever creates the test controls who is an adult. Uh, but... Uh, People who were 18 in the 1940s were a different type of 18 than they are now, in my opinion. Um, and so there's a different set of expectations, view of society, and uh, maybe there, there has to be some sort of, of test. I, I don't want that because that creates a barrier for your God-given rights, but um, it's, an, it's an option. Maybe not a good one. Steve, you want to jump in here? I kind of I feel like Monica's exactly right on this. If they're going to make you wait until you've technically been out of your house for um, I've, what amounts to almost 25 percent of the time that you were in it. The disconnect that you experience from your family between 18 and 21 for most people, just naturally, not because of anything malicious, not because of anything. Um, oh, the mic isn't on. It doesn't sound like you're going through your mic. Let me, it should be. Unless the mic. Sounds like the wrong mic. Or Man, I'm going through. It's very boomy. Sounds like you're in a, a very nice uh, reverb chamber for singing. Ah, damn it. Um, maybe I'll pop out and come back in. This this room has no like sound trapping in it too. It's just our spare room at the house. Oh, okay. Well, um, maybe that's it. Yeah, I could just suck, and I'm sorry. I'll try and <laughs> pop out and pop back in, too. Um, <clears throat> but no, the, there's a, a concerted effort on every level to make sure that we are only looking to the state as the arbiter of what is right, what is wrong, what is real, what is fake, and how things are supposed to be done. And this is another step in that. 
Uh, New York State has already put legislation into effect. Um, there's a number of states that are trying to put forth more legislation. Joe Biden's talking about federal red flag laws. Uh, it, it is. It doesn't look great for the people who are standing uh, on the pro 2A side of this conversation. But again, 400 million guns, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to round them up than say, you know, tell someone they can't come into your store because they don't have a face diaper on. I mean, you could take it a whole nother level and say at this point, they really are after the Civil War thing and it's not rounding up that they want. It's they actually want you to be armed. They just want to make sure you lose. I mean, it could I think things are changing. I think there's some paradigm shifting going on and on what they're after and what their strategies are. And uh, and I definitely think they let you keep the little ones for a reason. I'm curious to know what Bart thinks about this, because we talked about kind of looking up right? Looking up to the sky, a potential future threat. We have a ton of legislation that has been happening recently that uh, um, it seems confusing at best. We've had the government inject itself into every aspect of our lives recently within the last two years. And we've had another thing that goes under the radar, and that is manipulations and changes to the continuity of government laws. And I'm wondering if you've taken a look into that, because it seems like they're setting us up in a way we've, we've been recently hearing about the World Health Organization stepping in and being, you know, during the, uh, a pandemic. I know Celeste has thoughts about that because she says that goes back to 2005. Um, and I wonder about how the changes and manipulations to the continuity of government have, did that set off any red flags to you, Bart? Because to me, it it seemed unusual. And I, of course, I go back to Cheney being involved in that, and, I, and we know how bad that got. But recently, we've had some manipulation of some people have been demoted, new people have been elevated in, over the last two years, and it seems suspicious to me. Do you have any any thoughts about that? Yeah, Charlie, I do. If you go to sibrel.com, S-I-B-R-E-L.com, and scroll down to articles, you can read the article about Planet X, which is full of links. I started noticing, actually, in George Bush Jr.'s term, and then it happened in Obama's term as well, they started writing these executive orders about what to do in the event of a national emergency. So what these criminals like to do is uh, basically to make their crimes legal, at least in their mind, so that they can sleep at night. And they started writing as early as George Bush Jr.'s uh, term basically what to do in the event of a national emergency, even who is the undersecretary to the eighth step of every department, the department of, you know, transportation and the military and, you know, HUD and everything. I mean, so why are they so concerned about who is eighth in command of the department of transportation unless they see an event coming in which the first seven people can't be found or are dead. So they've been talking about, Obama wrote many executive orders about basically the confiscation of personal property during a national emergency and the conscription of citizens to forcibly work for the government. 
also known as slavery, which I thought Lincoln abolished in 1865. Apparently, it might be legal again in the future. So if you go to sabrell.com, click, go down, read the article about Planet X, and all of these things are linked. They have been preparing for this national emergency for a very long time. And I remember a conversation I had, I think it was in 1989, with a top executive at NASA. He confirmed to me, yes, the moon landings were fake. And he suggested that I consider that old news and write about something more important. I said, what? He said, Planet X. I said, what's that? He said, Planet X was discovered during Eisenhower's administration with radio telescopes. They sent out the pioneer uh, probes to triangulate its location. There are even Washington Post uh, articles, which are linked in my article, which say it was discovered. And then they're told you know, not to talk about it or publish it again. He said that this thing was going to make a near approach to Earth Earth in the 21st century. I think he said in the first half of the 21st century. Of course, at that time, that was 30 years or so into the future. And I thought, well, whatever. Of course, now is that time. So it really seems like all these things that they're doing from uh, basically trying to depopulate the Earth in advance, gun control, martial law, all of these things seem to have the very same reason. They're preparing for a global emergency that they cannot stop. And that's why they're getting ready. They want to pre-lower the population for it so that half the world dying at one time won't shock the system as much. All of these indicators seem to point particular event. So Kate Daly and this guy from NASA in 1989 were both right. There are more important things than who shot JFK. The moon landings are fake. 9-11 was done by Cheney and good work, by the way. And uh, really something that's going to affect everybody is really coming. And that's what we really need to prepare for. Yes, you can move to the countryside with your 500 pounds of beans and your shotgun and probably survive in two or three years more than everybody else. If you believe in God, and I highly encourage Dr. Fauci to start doing so, to start thinking about Judgment Day, because whether you die, whenever you die, you are going to die. And at that point, it's better to be spiritually prepared. And basically, the way you do that is simply repenting of your sin, character flaws, and doing your best of ability to live a godly life to the very end. You have to be faithful all the way to the end in order to make it into the next life. God does not want criminals living forever. And so this idea of hell really isn't true. That was created by the Catholic Church to promote the sale of indulgences out of fear of, you know, being tormented forever. God's not a torturer, you know. However, when you throw a chicken, if you were to, you know, a live chicken into the fire, it's not for all eternity going, oh, if I'd only ran away faster, you know, it's just burned up. It says when, you know, judgment day happens, the evil people will be burned up. So after judgment day, like Christ said, eternal life is for the redeemed who make Jesus the Lord of their life. 
if people are in hell forever going, what an idiot I was, then they also have eternal life. No, after judgment day, you're either dead forever or alive forever. And God is not going to let criminals live forever. So we have to repent now while we have the chance. And if you want to survive and see the big finish, I'm going to try to do it to the best of my ability. But the more important thing is just, you know, repenting yourself, being near your family during the last days. And it looks like, you know, it's going to get much worse. And that all these little tricks that they're doing about gun control, media control, censorship, you know, writing these laws for national emergencies, they're all pointing toward this solar system event. Jesus said so in the Bible. He said that the seas will be tossing and turning and roaring. Men's hearts will be melting with fear for what is coming upon the earth. So if it's a rogue planet, which actually seems to be the most likely scenario, that would be about 30 times bigger than the moon. And that would cause the seas to toss and turn. He also said that the stars would fall from the sky like ripe figs. That's a meteor shower. Isaiah talking about the last day and Isaiah 13, 13 says the earth will be moved out of its place. Most people don't know this, but prior to 705 BC, every calendar civilization in the world had a 360 day year. That's why there's 360 degrees on a compass. And then right after 705, suddenly every calendar civilization changed it to 365 and a quarter. That's because the earth was moved slightly further away from the sun, and it takes a little bit more time to go around. Isaiah prophesied that that is going to happen again. And also linked in this article at sabrell.com is a, is a weather channel documentary that they took off the air, and I copied and re-uploaded, that points out that for every solar system in our galaxy, there are estimated to be two rogue planets that these things are common. They could come by, even if they only come as close to the Earth as between Jupiter and Saturn, they will pull Jupiter further away from the sun, which will pull the Earth further away from the sun. It could elongate our orbit. We'll have hot summers and very cold winters. And it looks like this thing could also be pushing as it approaches the Earth with its gravitational wave, will push comets and asteroids out of the asteroid belt and send those to Earth. And this could be what will be causing the coming meteor storms that Jesus spoke of. So it looks like a cosmic event is coming. And this fits in with the last days when Jesus said there will be signs in the heavens that will cause famines, earthquakes, and so forth. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, Graham. No, no. Go ahead. I was just going to ask him when the last one was supposed to have happened, when the earth pulled further away. I think it's 705 BC, because uh, it's even talked about, I believe, in the book of Second Kings. King Hezekiah uh, was going to die. He begged God for more life. God said, I'm going to give you 15 years more of life. And he said, show me a sign. The prophet Isaiah said, I can make the sun go, you know, forward or backward on the sundial. It was actually steps. So in order for the shadow on steps and an angle to go the different direction, the earth would only have to be tilted, not stop rotating and go the other way. And after that, suddenly the earth no longer had a 360 day. And Isaiah, which is really interesting, people know that Revelation and Daniel is about the last days, but the last time I read Isaiah, it's 
all about the last days, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. It says that, you know, people will be taking their gold and throwing it into the street because it will be useless. Now, everyone knows that paper money is fiat currency. What they don't realize is gold is fiat currency. Also, it's just a shiny rock. The only reason it has value is because people agree that it does. If I have a gallon of clean water and someone else has a bag of gold, when there's no water coming out of the faucet, then the prophecy will be fulfilled. So I think these things are going to happen. The government knows that they're going to happen, and naturally, they're not warning the people because they want Mother Nature to depopulate most of the earth for them. So all I can say is prepare the best that you can. So. The ruling elite probably knows this, and uh, they're prepared. The they, World Economic Forum, uh, Bilderberg, they all know this. Um, if, if you know that, so they're making plans to survive this event in some way. They want to live forever. Is this their rush to merge with machines so they can live in a hard drive a couple miles below the surface until this event passes? Well, it's not so much to merge with machines, which isn't really possible, but they want the propagation of robots because there won't be any people around to serve them. And this is talked about uh, what they're doing in the Bible. It says that the kings and rulers of the earth will go into caves and holes in the ground to survive what is coming upon the earth. And they're opening Cheyenne Mountain. They're digging these tunnels all underground to survive. And, you know, what are they going to do to cook their food and and build their machines and repair their machines? They'll probably have a bunch of robots to do that. You know, one of the scariest things I've ever seen, and I'm sure you've seen it, are these like robot dogs going around that can, you know, walk up steps and down steps. I find those amazingly frightening that these things have been around a lot longer than we know. And maybe the, you know, the Terminator movies are uh, predictive programming or prophetic leaks or something uh, that potentially AI could become self-aware. Elon Musk, if you're watching, I have a foolproof test to prove whether AI is actually self-aware or not. Let me know. I'll tell you what it is. But the idea that they can download you know, their personality in a machine and live forever. That's a pipe dream that that can't happen. So if that's their hope for eternal life, they better turn to God while they still have time. Well, I, I kind of agree that you can't, the downloading consciousness thing, I, I don't think will ever be complete. It's not, it's, it's never going to be possible because who I am before the show and who I am after the show are two different people. Every life experience, every uh, piece of information that I'm intaking while I'm living is changing the way I look at things. And it's one more piece of the puzzle and, and helping me understand myself and the world around me. So if I download my consciousness right now and then I download it in an hour from now or a day from now, it's going to be a different person uh, or at least have some different traits. So this, yeah, so that I, I agree with that. I do think that it does seem like everything's, uh, you know, when you t- talk about smart cities, when you talk about just complete control of people, and then you could almost make the argument people have accepted it, that many people have accepted that they'd rather live in the virtual reality than, you know, this reality, because just look at people staring at their phones or their uh, mm-hmm. tablet nonstop. It's almost like, you know, you have things around you that you can feel that you can touch that, um, you know, are, I mean, obviously reality is, uh, it can be debated. What is reality? But 
you know, in this reality, you know, according to our five senses, people would rather be in that digital world, you know, because it gives you those serotonin hits and it gives, you know, it's designed to, to satisfy you at a rate that, you know, this reality, you know, can't and you can't really can't compete. So I think there's many all of us on, on this call and, and uh, that's ever participated in the show. I think we we understand that there's something missing. It's less fulfilling. It's not um, it, it, there, there, we just you sense that it's not as fulfilling and 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 as satisfying as actually being with people and the things that you can't quantify like love and community. Those are the things that really truly make us happy. Um, I don't know where to go with this, but you guys can. Well, I just I don't want to bring it back to the gun control thing necessarily, but I really feel like some of these shootings in public places that are random are meant to just get us to get back into our caves and keep zooming. Well, there, there's that and there's some I don't know if anybody's touched on it or not yet, but the one commonality in all of these mass shootings, it's not the kind of gun, it's not mental health, it's previous contact with the FBI in every single case. Yes, that's how they identify their patsies, I think. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want, and I, Charlie, I think you might have said this on one of your shows. We want to go forward at all. We've got to start identifying the FBI as a criminal terrorist organization that is operating with relative impunity on U.S. soil. Biggest domestic terrorist organization in the country, I would suggest. They, without a doubt, that's such a that's such a good point because the thing with the with these mass shootings. Obviously, I, I do think it's, uh, you know, talking about guns, is, it, it's almost like giving somebody a painkiller for having a rock in their shoe. It's like you're not getting to the core of the issue. It's symptom management. It's the same. It, that way of looking at things is is what's uh, wrong with our medical um, our, our healthcare is, is that it's constantly symptom management. We don't get to get to the root cause of things. It's like if somebody wants to shoot somebody. Um, why do they want to shoot them? Like, regardless if there's a weapon or not, like you can use a car, a car can be a weapon. You can use a, uh, a hammer. You can make a bomb. You can, I mean, there's plenty of ways of harming people. Shouldn't we try to figure out like what's causing these children to want to do this? And prior to 2020, obviously we already had this increase in, in depression. And I, I think it's a cultural issue. It's, it's much deeper than, than just a couple of depressed kids. Um, I think we've created a world, especially in America, where it's like, we're told the most important thing. What's up, Mel? Long time no see. Um, the, uh, she probably didn't even hear me yet. Uh, hey, Mel, just want to say hey, hi. Oh, but, hey, I'm hey, coming hey. in. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think it's a cultural thing. When you look at America, like, you know, being a foreigner that came to America, I, could, I saw this, how, how quickly people could be, become Americanized. And I saw it with my parents. I saw it with relatives where like they, you came from a place that had community, um, you know, the tribe, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, the community or the tribe would, would help raise the children. Everybody participated. Uh, you know, your babysitters were uh, uncles and aunts and, and, and siblings who, you know, who cared and had a reason to care um, because they were, you know, family or, or, or close um, friends. And, and now it's like people cannot wait to get back to work once they have kids. And who ends up raising the kids? the state, right? It's the schools. It's the, you know, this, this idea that, you know, not the, I know it's kind of a hot topic, this whole like grooming in school and these books that are in schools and stuff. And even locally, we're, we're having the same battles here um, in Massachusetts. But like, why are parents 
uh, even if you do have uh, children that are lost in life and whatever, and like, why do you want the school system to dis- decide uh, to have that conversation with your kids? Like, stop being a shitty parent and take the initiative and and be involved because a lot of these mass shooters. Another thing people don't talk about. I mean, obviously the um, being on anti. Um, the, depression and anti-anxiety drugs, you know, one of, you know, which obviously that's a whole nother topic. But uh, one of the things we never talk about is like, how do these parents not pick up on this? Like you're telling me these kids have been planning this for six months, you know, or a year and you didn't pick up on any cues on like, hey, he's so depressed. He needs help. Like you didn't pick up on the fact that he was, you know, in his room for way too long without any uh, you know, social interaction. It's like we've created a world where that's acceptable, where you can just send your kids off to school. They they come home. Um, you don't talk to them. You don't. You know. So it's like they're getting. Uh, who's molding their their worldview? Who's molding who they are? It's it's YouTube, which we know is controlled, and it's social engineering. It's Google. You know, it's uh, the state, which has their own agenda, and and the school systems, and um and and we're not even looking at like these issues are because of the family fabric is being completely just ripped apart. And, you know, and it's what's causing this. We don't have community. We don't have, um, you know, people who actually uh, look at the most important job as the most important job. And that's becoming a parent. It's like this idea of like, you know, the kids are getting in the way of your career. It's like, well, then don't have kids. Like that's, it's a really simple solution. Like to, to me, it's this idea. And I know that in these, more socialistic countries, even like where I was born, Portugal, they give the father, um, I don't know how many months off uh, if you have a child, but it's quite a bit. Um, But, and I know like, okay, oh, it's a socialistic idea. But to me, I think it emphasizes people's understanding of the importance of parenting. Like I might not agree with like the state obviously getting involved in our everyday lives and, and, um, and, and, and basically taking tax money to pay for, for leave. But I, I do agree with this idea that as a culture, as a society, we should understand that like, that's one of the most important parts of, of, uh, of being alive is helping mold future generations. And so when, they, you know, are old enough to make decisions. They're not brainwashed and they're critical thinkers. We saw in 2020 and onward that there's a huge portion of population that are not critical thinkers at all. Like it's, you know, they're playing Simon Says and the government is Simon. Like Simon Says, take off the mask. You take off the mask. Simon Says, put on the mask. You put on the mask. Nobody thought for themselves. Nobody looked at anything and and I shouldn't say nobody because we had plenty of people who did on the show, but I'm saying the general public, there's plenty of people who were just doing whatever they were told to do. And, and yet, you know, like it didn't matter what evidence or information there were to to back that decision. So that's just my long rant. If anybody else wants to jump in. (laughs) Well, you know, the Bible says, raise a child in the way they should live. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. I remember a famous actor whose son shot himself in the head and he blamed the drug dealer. He blamed, you know, the gun seller, but he didn't blame himself. I knew of another person whose daughter was a bartender and was drinking on the side and got a D I mean, basically killed herself drunk on the way home. And she blamed the boss at the restaurant. You see, if they were raised not to get drunk and drive by their parents, and if they were raised not to do drugs, then they would have saved their lives. So the parents 
were blaming everybody except themselves, and the Bible says it's their fault if children do not turn out the right way. Well, Bart, I mean, we we, yeah. we consider good parents people who work overtime and and work their ass off to give their kids something that they are you know to hand down their kids you know a house that they own or whatever. And and I think that's good. Like, there's a, my parents are, are are like that where they're like they're all about they never. Sp- spend a penny on themselves and it's always like you know they're always like well you know the more we spend the less for you i'm like you're not gonna like the way i spend your money so you might as well spend it you know and um and and yet like so this idea like that saying you you teach a uh you give a guy a fish he eats for a day you teach him how to fish he 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 eats forever well we should look at our kids in the same way like i could give my kid my kids money right like i could hand them down some some property or something to kind of keep them uh steady for a little bit or i teach them how to be critical thinkers and give them morals and uh work ethic and discipline and then they don't they won't need my support as much right so let me throw this out there yeah i just i feel like when because i look at propaganda just constantly that between TikTok and screens and this constant stream of social media you mentioned youtube i have a son who has down syndrome and i have spent many 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 hours trying to figure out a way using outside resources spare no expense to try to curate that for him so that he it's either little kid stuff which does not engage him or it's totally inappropriate and so he there's no way to control that and i've thought of okay so my kids for a while went to a school where they're up and they didn't go through high school but through high school there's no um phones allowed nobody uses social media it's very i think the catholics would call it the benedict option i'm not 100 sure but it's you're basically off the grid and a lot of those kids, the reason I took my kids out of the school, that school for high school was that that school had a very low rate of kids who could transfer to other high schools or succeed in college. And I'm not a fan of college. If my kids didn't want to go to college, that'd be fine, too. If they chose to be off the grid forever, that's totally fine with me. But I, I feel like if the kids... Uh, if you completely deprive them of the screen stuff, then they really might not be able to handle it when they get out on their own. But on the other hand, I feel like for the first time ever, the ability for us to really shape the way our kids, um, their values is being so um, intentionally undermined and the full force of just this world power is coming down on that actual thing. Think about like the vax wars, like kids. I saw a woman in a global health thing say when a kid has a conversation with her parent, or his parent about the vaccine, we need to be in that room, in that kid's head, so that no parent gets away with saying no. So I just wonder how anybody thinks here, thinks about um, dealing with that in, you know, and, and I have read that they actually introduce new technologies in order to drive a wedge between generations so that parents don't really have the tools to deal with the new technologies that are directly inserted into these kids heads so just that that's i've really been puzzling over that what what do you do well i was talking to celeste about this last week and 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 she has i mean your ability to uh teach you know to have real tangible skills we were talking about farming and that like holy cow that's a skill that used to be passed down from generation to generation you talk about severing the technology farming is lost on kids 
but this ability, Celeste, you were t- what you've been doing this for a while. You've been real self sufficient, you know, in your farms and 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 using plants as medicines and all these things. You you have gone kind of back to the future in a sense that you've gone back to to how it used to be, and and I feel like those technologies, those skills back then have been kept from us, and and we we desperately sort of need them now, right? It's food for the soul as well as medicine and food and, I mean, your well-being. I can't tell you. I just was out there all day, busting my rear end. I have every single muscle sore, but it is, I am in just, I'm just in heaven, to be honest, because I feel so good. The well-being of being out in the blue sky and the birds and my hands in the dirt and seeing the flowers and seeing my things come up. And Monica, uh, please get in touch with me. I, <laughs> one, of my, one of my IT people has a, a disabled person or child, and he knows how to. Uh, oh my gosh, what, that would be fantastic. Because he just did it for his daughter. That so, would be he, awesome. He I'm is, not the best girl for the job. I just did my best, which was definitely not good enough. But, but, you know, if it's not good, if my best job isn't good enough, it's really something that's intentionally obscured because I can do pretty much everything else. I can Google search. It should be as easy as that. Thank you so much. Well, we have a lot to talk about, Celeste. Yeah, he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant, uh, especially in IT. And um, he knows, knows how to do, do it. So I will get you guys connected. And, it, um, and, you know, it would be it probably does make sense to Charlie's point that and to yours about food for the soul, that really maybe the answer isn't all or nothing, isn't what they call the Benedict option or getting completely off the grid or living in, you know, a, a community that's totally insulated from the outside world. But maybe if you inject and see, I always live in the city, but if you can find a place where you can inject some of that stuff to the daily life, it not only provides just an alternative to some of the more mainstream and fostered activities, but it becomes almost like a, an antidote to it. Well, you can actually, there is a whole culture of people that live in the city that grow their own food in an apartment or condominium. I mean, it's vertical growing Lots of, I mean, if you you do um, vertical growing apartment in a city, I mean, there are so many neat ideas. Like in the winter here, I live in North Dakota. I, I mean, it's not the city, but I have a waterfall next to my f- fireplace. So the water and I have a wind chime and I have a little fan and it, you know, just kind of is one of those really low tones. So it's very peaceful and relaxing. So I kind of get that even, but you can actually grow food. Get some I, I might have to, and, I might have to team up with somebody who grows. I can pickle stuff. I've been making sauerkraut and everything. So if you need, it's kind of like if you grow herbs and stuff, I can make great cocktails. I will, if someone now I have a brown thumb, but uh, tea, community does help a lot in that. I think a little, a little division of labor goes a long way. You know, I was. I, 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 could I could I say one thing? Sure. Before we ju- maybe jump onto another topic. So just because you raise your child right, I have two daughters that I raised from the time of conception in the faith, and um, due to uh, uh, pedophilia. 
unfortunately, um, they, they disown me as toxic. And so I'm, you know, I'm the terrible person that couldn't protect them. And I understand the whole grooming thing and all of that. So just because you, I, I mean, my kids are like 50 now. And so it's, it's very hard. It's very tragic. I mean, I go to where I used to live on when I travel sometimes and I have to stay in a hotel and I have no contact with my children or grandchildren and that's the way they want it. No holidays, nothing. And my husband was killed seven years ago. So family would be a blessing and I raised them. I, you know, I went to go see all the grandmas and the cousins and nieces and nephews and went to show them all the uh, family like cemeteries and homesteads and stuff. But more importantly, um, the faith and they were given wonderful opportunities, but when it came time to give to their mom, you know, it was, they just, nope. And don't they give up hope. Do not I, give up I don't, hope. I don't, I don't, I, I keep, you know, I was going to be on John B. Wells uh, on March 30th and I had about 15 minutes before I was to go on and it was my daughter's birthday. So I called her and wished her a happy birthday, but you know, it's one-sided, it's sterile, it's cold, but I just keep trying, you know, that's all you can do. I stopped in at my youngest, younger daughter and said, I just wanted to say I love you. And I mean, that's all you can do, but I mean, it's never a place that I would have expected myself at this stage. But, you know, the wonderful thing is, is that the Lord does, um, I've got a wonderful community um, of believers and I've got people all around the world that I'm interacting with. So I didn't let it defeat me. And I think if you ever are caught in that situation, you just need to live life and God will provide. And if it's, if your kids don't want to take, take it up, um, there's plenty of other people that want to tap in and have somebody to love them and, share with them and um, teach them how to make bread and start seedlings and um, do all those fun things. You know, I, I live uh, pretty close to the Amish uh, and I was up there the other week. Uh, I like to go up there and, and uh, shop and interact with them. And that's a community that, that seems to have figured out how to remain somewhat true to their faith, interact with, with uh, modern society uh, operate in commerce, do business, and seem to be relatively happy and stay off of many of the electronics. You know, there's the, the, the hardcore Amish and the, there's the Mennonites. And they seem to have carved out quite a niche for themselves in modern-day society. And then you go on YouTube and you see a lot of uh, homesteaders, and I'm one of these people, uh, trying to uh, create a homestead for themselves. But you see a whole genre of people, that, and it seems like they're really trying to emulate the Amish lifestyle and there's like a, a new uh, wave, almost like a, a movement of people trying to get back to what has been done for hundreds of years in this country um, with the Amish. So there is a movement to do it. It's just bridging the gap between people, suburbanites, and people who live in the city and people who are just doing it naturally uh, like the Amish. And uh, we're trying to bridge that gap. It's not easy to do because we still operate and work 
for businesses or use technology to communicate with people. So I think there's a, there's an opportunity for a hybrid uh, to do this and to teach people, younger people, uh, how to do this. Um, I know my stepdaughter has really no interest in learning how to garden and maintain the uh, property, but maybe other younger people, uh, and there's better teachers out there that can do it and facilitate it better. And I do think that uh, it's critical to not totally lose touch with the outside world because there's a danger that this trend, which I fully support, is uh, a way kind of like draft dodging or if they were trying to do this with like the Vax passport to try to get the most independent minded, most courageous people to check out in a way that they can no longer access what like the defending the laws. So as an anarcho-capitalist, I've never been a huge defender of the laws, but we live in the laws. And the only thing that we have are these few protections and I'm not ready to abandon them until we're ready to take us to the next level. But I, I feel like things like water rights and gun rights and um, those kind of things where you just have to stay plugged in, it is an important part of that hybrid. You know, it's the, it's the other priority. And I, and I feel like, yeah, that's essential so that we can do both. To to Bart's point, uh, I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up and visit the Amish, and I'm going to talk to him about uh, Planet X and the the coming disasters. And I'm going to ask them: Are they building underground bunkers for themselves and their family? And if they are, then I'm going to start digging in my backyard right away. I will. Except that the Bible says that those that people that go down into the caves, the rocks are going to fall on them. Oh damn it! <laughs> I'm screwed. All right. <laughs> So we just, just make to- sure there's no rocks. I mean, <laughs> okay, clear out the rocks. Will you help me, Graham? <laughs> I, it's Graham's funny, I, a uh, good before, finder. He's a solution maker, and I appreciate that about yeah, him. That's right. Hey, there's probably huge underground caverns all over the world that the elites are planning on scooting into anytime soon. Um, it's funny. I just saw a quote from Kim.com before we started here, and it kind of builds on what Bart was saying. And maybe Mel can comment on this because she's so involved in kind of the, the global geopolitics and stuff. But he said, uh, Kim.com said, uh, without a controlled demolition, the world will collapse for all, including the elites. And it's changed so much and nothing seems to make sense anymore. The blatant corruption is out in the open. So this kind of comes back to my question that I've been asking for a couple of months. It's like, I feel like they want us to wake up. Yeah, Charlie's book, Controlled Demolition. I mean, it's a good point. Like, without a controlled one, they're just risking themselves. But, I mean, in Canada here, uh, it's leaking out in the media a little bit. Oh, this first this first compensation is happening to a guy who was jabbed, injured. And, you know, it's starting to make people question, well, what's going on with the jabs? But on one hand, they're still pushing, pushing, pushing really hard. And to me, like, some something's going to happen. Some Somebody's going to snap soon and just start defending themselves. I mean, we could look at this like we're in a world war and we have to start defending ourselves. I mean, how can all this, all this uh, data and all this knowledge be on one side showing that not, this isn't working. It's a disaster. And yet people are still going along with it and the, and the media is still, still pushing it. So it's like, they want us to wake up. I mean, do they want us to wake up? So they have something to fight against, I guess. I wouldn't mind hearing what you guys have to I don't think they want us to wake up. I think they want us fighting each other. And one of the things that came to mind to say, especially to all of us alternative media people, uh, right now, 75% of the population believes that Oswald did not kill Kennedy. 
50% of the population thinks that the official story of 9-11 is not true. And 25% of the population believes this crazy thing that the moon landings were shot in a TV studio. So what we have here is that at least 25% of the public are following alternative media. So when the deep state, whatever you want to call them, has a, a lie, they really have to have two lies. They have to have one for the 75% and they have to have one for the 25% who are probably four times as much vocal. Take, for example, this last little event that's been going on for two years. They said for the 75%, it's from a bat. They said to the 25%, I'm going to let you know a little secret. Don't tell anybody. It's from a lab. It's very serious, which is also a lie. They wouldn't have to fake PCR tests and call motorcycle deaths and gunshot wounds to the head COVID deaths if there was a real pandemic. So what the alternative media has to be very careful about is that they can be played. They can say, you know, we're letting you in on a little secret about UFOs or whatever, but it's, it's really what they want you to believe. Take, for example, this Roe versus Wade thing, which was the top story. The problem is, whatever the top story is on the evening news, the alternative media jump all over it. But they know we're going to do that. So there's a reason for it being the top story. For example, Roe versus Wade. Now, William Benny worked for the NSA for 30 years. He went on national television and said, the NSA is spying on the cell phone conversations of Supreme Court justices to get dirt on them, like they're having affairs or whatever, so that they can blackmail them into voting a particular way. No one contests that this is not true, and yet there's no investigation whatsoever. So what this means is the Supreme Court is completely controlled. So... If the latest story that they want both the public and the alternative media to chase after this bone is Roe versus Wade, we're going to reverse it. I say that's a plan. They are planning on reversing it. And what's the reason? To divide the country. It's not about waking up the country. It's about division. They want to there to be division and civil war so that we will be distracted going after each other instead of going after them. So we have to be really careful that we are not deceived in the alternative media. For example, the FDA just released that the new Novavax vaccine is bad. It's giving, you know, this, that, and the other. And I hate to say, but some people in the alternative media, which I respect more than anybody else, repeated it and said, you know, don't get this shot. But wait a minute. Has the, has the mainline media ever said anything bad about any vaccine? Didn't the FDA said that ivermectin was bad when it was really good? So if they're saying that Novavax is bad, then maybe it is actually good. Now, I've been researching Novavax in particular for two months. Now, if you know anything about the Deagle report, which is a Pentagon report, that projects the population of every country in the world, their population and GDP and water consumption for the year 2025. Every nation on earth that gave out the mRNA injection shows a population decrease 
equal to the amount of people who got that injection in the year 2025. All the countries that gave the non-MNRA injection, like Sinovac, Sinopharm, and Novavac, like the Asian countries, they show a population increase. So if we repeat that Novavac is bad, we're doing the work of the deep state for them because they don't want you to get that shot because it is the safest shot to get. You see, so we got to be really careful that we're not being played because they can push our buttons the same way they can push the 75% and we can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Hey Bart, didn't the, that Deagle report get taken down? Like I, I read it. I read it uh, live on the show. Then I went back to, to try to find the report again and I couldn't find it on Deagle. Yeah, I've, I've been researching that for a while. I heard about that the first time at least two years ago. I have the original PDF, I think, of their 2017 report. I have a screenshot of their 2015 report, which shows the population of the U.S. at 54 million. Then their 26 report shows it for 2025 at, I think, 68 million. And then the copy I have is of their 2017 report with it at 98 million. Now, the interesting thing is if they're doing projections in 2015 for the year 2025, why isn't the year their 2016 report showing 2026 it's still showing 2025 and then their 2017 report isn't showing 2027 it's still showing 2025 now professor i think her name is cahill she said that basically everyone who got an mnrna shot is going to be dead within three to five years the average of that is four years most people got the shot in 2021 you add four years to that it's 2025 i hope you're wrong i mean i know i hope i'm wrong too I, I know absolutely so many i hope i'm wrong I, I i it's just like i know so many people that have gotten it good people you know people that just are are going along with what they're told and it would be absolutely devastating to the entire world and i i just hope it's not true well, you know, God has lessons to learn, and God is a God of humor, and God is a God of irony. I know four people who got the shot for fear of dying of the illness, and they died from the shot exactly 90 days later. So when you make a decision out of fear, when God says, do not fear 365 times in the Bible, one for every day, then the fear is going to bite you in the butt. So that's a lesson for people. Maybe they died and that's their penalty and they can still make it into eternal life if they're, you know, godly trying to do their best type of people. But they're still going to learn that lesson. And that lesson is a lesson for the rest of us. Every single story, every single day of the year for the last 50 years, the lead story of the news every single day, 50 years in a row is fear fear of the hurricane, fear of the war, fear of the food shortage, fear of COVID, fear of guns, fear of this, fear of this. So it's demonic. God says, don't fear. The devil says fear. In fact, it says something so profound in the Bible. It says that the devil 
has power over mankind because of the fear of death. And when you don't believe in God, you don't believe in an afterlife, all you have is this life and you will do whatever you can to hold on to it. That's why so many people in the government are giving into blackmail and bribery because when someone threatens to take away your life and property and that's all you have for, for all eternity, you're gonna give in against your conscience. Now, what happened after the Boston massacre was that our founding father says enough. We're willing to die. My wife is willing to die. My children are willing to die. We're willing to lose all of our property because what they're doing is wrong. And people in the government, and most people in the government, I believe are good. It's the leaders of the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, who are totally corrupt because their managers are saying, you know, we need to prosecute the center and they say you do it and you're fired. So what we need is people in the government to realize even if they're atheists, you're going to die anyway. And how do you want to be remembered for all time? Giving in against your conscience to live another day and to have one more dollar in the bank? Or would you rather die for what is right because you're going to die anyway? You know who's not fearful? Blue Easter cult? <laughs> my, f- my friend Mel Kay. <laughs> ah, thank you. I'm she's not relentless. She'll, she's a ball buster. And she's mm. out there not doing fearful. outstanding work. Oh, thank you, my friend. Uh, well, um, thank you. Every it's, it's time you have me, time. every time you have me on, your your audience is the most uh, communicative of any audience I ever go on. They're like really paying attention. Yeah, really I'm very lucky. like they, it I, matters to them. I and know, I, and I find that really intoxicating that 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 they give a shit and they're and they're they're willing to do something about it. And you've just done a really good job of curating your audience, I think. Oh, thank you so much. I've been very, very blessed. Um, I also, you know, I try to put everything on my resource page so people can go research all this stuff for themselves. It's really important. But I I have kind of a different take watching what's going on. I've watched in the last three weeks between the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg meeting, and this week, the IMF in New York City. I see these people panicking. I do not think that they are. I see a big shift in in the global uh, situation. The entire narrative of Ukraine is a fraud and it's falling apart. And uh, and I think that a lot of people are waking up worldwide to exactly what is going on here. A lot of our countries, including ours, in my estimation, has been totally uh, captured by this globalist regime that installed this this pup these puppets all over our country, not just in D.C., that are really um, like like, you know, like tell everyone to buy Charlie's original book, but like the controlled demolition of America. You, if you don't see it at the border and you don't see it with the pandemic and you don't see it with the with the prices and you don't see it with the with the controlled famine or everyone is waking up in their own time to realize that our country has been captured and we are kind of in a 1775 moment right now in this country. And uh, and it's got to be I agree that they are they are paying for they are fomenting the divide and conquer Black Lives Matter, Antifa, LGBTQ, human rights campaign. You can trace all this money to the same five billionaires. And all those billionaires also happen to be involved in the World Economic Forum Great Reset 
and the and and the, they're they're all hanging out at the Bilderberg and in DC this week. Like we can't see them, and I just feel like the whole world sees that there are about three thousand people that have decided that they are a superior race. They mock God. They mock humanity. They, I mean, Klaus Schwab opened the World Economic Forum saying that the community in that room would be deciding the future for the rest of the world as long as they work together in the best interest of the community in that room. And and it's like you can't. I just feel like maybe Rockefeller and Kissinger and all the original architects of this one world the utopia for these elite, you know, had a plan and they were working it. But I think that the generation that is running it right now are arrogant, they're greedy, and they're not nearly as smart as their predecessors. Well, the so people aren't that's just, what I'm seeing. The people aren't just feeling it. They're seeing it firsthand in cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles and Philadelphia and Chicago with these woke district attorney weirdos that have disincentivize the police to arrest anybody and they've turned these these cities into lawless hellscapes so it you don't even have to just imagine what it would be like you can just go to san francisco and walk around and i mean i think zach can talk about that i mean good god knows you you were there for so long and 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 you know, saw a beautiful city transformed by this ideology, an ideology that you basically said, I want no part of and stood up against. And what was, you know, what I think launched, in my opinion, launched Project Veritas into some new stratosphere where you came out against this wokeness that's like a fucking mind virus. You know, it infects governments and it even infects corporations like Google and what you saw there. You know, it's funny is that um, when I look back at the disclosure, like the programming of their search engine so that when you type in men can and then it responds, men can have babies, men can get pregnant. Back in 2019, that was like, wow, that's like really extreme what's going on here. Now in 2020, 2022, um, it's everywhere. Yeah. And this like woke mind virus has is essentially spreading as a contagion. And now they're trying to force it into all the different companies. And I saw it first at Google, I saw how the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, group was essentially uh, pushing this radical, radical Marxism throughout the corporation. And it looks like that same strategy is now playing out in you know, corporations across the company. Well, you know, the, the thing that's interesting, right, is that what makes America unique and special is that we have these different states and, you know, obviously, you know, like Bart said, and like we've all said over and over again, it's about divide and conquer get us all fighting among ourselves. But, you know, the thing about the states is that you kind of can have your own hellhole in California if you want. And if I want to be free, I'll go to Florida or Texas or somewhere else. And, and, you know, but obviously what happens is that, you can't ignore the federal government and eventually these policies will end up, you know, affecting you. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if it was Monica or somebody else who said it before where it's like, it's really easy to just be like, you know what, screw this. Let me uh, detach from um, government and from the world and I'll live on a farm and a cabin or whatever. Well, it's just a matter of time before they're knocking on your door, you know, or they'll find some law that you're breaking and then, you know, they're sending you fines or whatever, you know? So um, it's really, 
it sounds and throughout the years we've we've heard people on the show say this it's like oh you know people need to just you know screw the government you know go do your own thing start your own little community well you know one thing that gets repeated over and over again in the libertarian world well government has the a monopoly on violence well what does that mean that that's mean you can ignore them but eventually they're not going to just keep ignoring you and what you're doing you know and they're going to get involved in your life and i think that's the thing. I mean, if any good thing came out of the whole COVID uh, BS is that it woke people up to uh, to what schooling was doing, you know, it, that they're really brainwashing camps. It woke people up to so many other issues that they were just so distracted in their everyday lives to even paying any attention to. And now people are paying attention to it. And um, so I think some good has come out of that uh, in, in regards to waking people up. Uh, but you know, it's we we live in a weird time because in a way it's like I want to look at people who I disagree with and I'm like, okay, let's let's meet halfway, let's see if we can come together to find a you know a a way where we can mold the world and and this planet and this country in you know into a a shape that we can all enjoy. But it, it's just so hard to do that because one side is just so extreme and they have the government helping them with their extreme views and they have every mainstream corporation and every, you know, so it's an unfair battle. I mean, luckily, uh, Zach, you know, Zach Voorhees, um, the, you know, some people know him from the Google whistleblower. Um, he started blast.video and I don't know if you guys have checked it out. If you, uh, some of you might even be on there, but it, it's a, a great place where he has this algorithm that helps people find, uh, suppressed, uh, you know, content creators. And, um, you know, when you look at the suppressed content creators, most of them are on the right or right leaning. And, you know, and so it, it tells you something, it, you know, it tells you that, uh, one, one side does have, um, you know, more resources and more control, but at the end of the day, like they're, they're all working together anyways. You know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in this whole facade of left versus right. Uh, at the end of the day, the Bushes and the Clintons are working together and the elites are all working together. And, um, but it, it is nice when you see a DeSantis who seems to be a little bit more outspoken and seems to push back a little bit, uh, on that type of stuff. And, uh, I want to add, I want to add that kind of breaking news is, um, uh, Cherry Tenpenny just got kicked off of uh, Truth Social. Yeah, this is the same Ron DeSantis that has red flag laws in Florida, right? That, that That's him, yes. Okay. <laughs> a guy okay. who is both just, a JAG and a Navy SEAL. The, the guy who's so far up Israel's ass, he found Donald Trump. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, okay. To, yeah. okay. So, can I share uh, uh, no something you, you would be interested okay. in? <laughs> No, I, I'm not. You know, I'm. I'm just saying, like, in in so many crucial topics, like, do you do you see, uh, you know, that there's people there. There's a lot of uh politicians, you know, like the Bushes. Oh, I'm a Republican. It's like, but they don't really stand for anything. They don't really push back. You know, uh, you get like a um, you know, Ron Paul or even you know, Rand Paul. Um, you get the Sanchez. They seem to push back a little bit, and they they push back when a lot of people in their political party didn't. They just you know went ahead with whatever everybody else was doing or whoever was giving them the money. So I I respect at least somebody who seems to have um, they at least seem to have a fighting spirit. And and of course they're I mean to be a politician you have to be 
borderline psychopathic anyways. I mean, you have to know how to lie. You have to know how to put on a show. You have to know how to get, you know, <clears throat> promise things that you know that you're never going to be able to uh, uh, do. But out of when people talk about voting for the least of, of you know, uh, the worst evils, like he is the least, you know, in, in my opinion. But don't you think they're just to, grooming him to be the Republican? I was going to say, there's one more thing that you have to incorporate into what all of those politicians are. And that's previously accepted into the club before allowed into office. Well, to be a politician, a governor, a mayor, you're in the club. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the argument yeah. that that people made with Trump, right? Like that he was an outsider. I'm like, I can kind of see that argument because he was in many clubs. He just wasn't in the political club. You know, he was in a lot of other elite clubs. He just wasn't in the political club. The way the way I look at what you're saying without being a total black pill is when they were get. So let's say that everybody who you've ever heard of who's ever been on a debate stage is somehow controlled or a limited hangout. I liked it a lot better when they felt like their their concession was a Ron Paul, not a Trump. So if they if the guy who they give us and that's what they're doing is a guy who stands up against vax mandates. I mean, I'd much rather have that than the guy who promises vax mandates. But it's still just a slow burn. And hopefully, I mean, I'm beginning to think that there is a chance that if you push back hard enough, they do have to change their plans. Like, I really think that what's happening and I, I go back and forth, like everything's controlled all the time. But I really think that what's happening with the Ukraine thing is I think they may be giving up on having like a worldwide monopoly on oil and trade coming out of the Western imperial continuum. And they're just like, OK, we can't have everything so let's just break it up into like the Cold War. That's the best we're going to do. So, you know, there is a chance that things that push back do actually move the center or change their plans. But I'm with Steve. Like, I think for sure there's no way DeSantis. Well, is, and I want, but that's OK. I want everybody to understand that I'm not just here to to black pill. Like there's a white pill almost every time, always. And you don't have to just kind of like mire in the, oh, it's all terrible and everything's controlled. There's a ton of solutions. We talk about them on the show. We're going to be talking about more and more and more when we go forward. We've done it here on Union of the Unwanted. Um, but what I, I guess what, what I want to get across it, and, and Bart kind of touched on it too, is that there's always a counter narrative. The, the, he referred to it as the 25%. When uh, Joe Biden came out on 2-22-22 at 2.22 p.m. and said, we're definitely not going to go to war with Ukraine, uh, uh, we went on the next morning and we were like, well, by this time next year, Oceania will have always been at war with Eurasia. And that's just kind of what they want. We have to keep in mind that almost the entire time we've been coming together on this podcast, we've talked about UN Agenda 2030. We've talked about the SPARS 2025. Like we've sat here and looked at all of these documents that game out these scenarios going forward for a number of years. So it, it's it's not as if the last two and a half years were it. It's not as if Ukraine is it. The, the, the people who are making all of this crap happen in the first place have taken a much, much, much longer view of the future. And it's incumbent on us in independent media to do the same. Like, I mean, I do a show where we talk about what happens every day, but we try and contextualize it in 
they're taking a really long lens at this. You have to take a few huge steps back in the moment in order to kind of really disseminate what's going on. And there's so much hyper sensationalism and that's what drives the entertainment side of this industry. And that's an unfortunate consequence because you don't get a lot of people flocking to, all right, hang on, let's slow down. You know, the, the, that doesn't really happen quite often. But I do think that, that we need to keep in the back of our heads that these people are taking a very long view of this and, and that whatever is happening today, probably not the end all be all scenario. And why aren't they backing off, though? This is what I don't get. People are dying. It's accept, It's almost accepted in the mainstream that there's no there's no effectiveness to these jabs. And yet they just push, push, push. They're selling boosters. They're trying to keep going. Like, don't because they realize you that keep, once you once you've made the mass formation start, you have to keep it going. You have to push people to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You can't just pump the brakes on mass psychosis and be like, all right, everybody catch your breath so you can figure this out. I mean, that's a guess. Well, they're going to overstep. I mean, I just feel like they're going to overstep and people are going to sure. just get fed up and start rebelling. That's why. Well, and then you cut Graham, off everyone's energy supply. I, I actually think that that is part of this, you know, their new paradigm. When I saw that guy, I forget his name, Steve Marsh, maybe write a book called American, the next American civil war. And then I heard him, so I was looking into that and then I, I heard him. I didn't want to give him the money, so I didn't buy it. But uh, I then heard him talking later. So I'm interviewed and he said, uh, I actually think that a secession is more likely. And then I realized that that goes right into this trend of instead of looking for the whole big global everything that they now decided to go in one of the other scenarios. They put these scenarios out. I think the 2010 Rockefeller Foundation had four different scenarios of how they were going to still push technology down on everybody. And some of those scenarios were that you totally cordon off regions, that you slow down information, that national governments really become weaker. And that like big, one of them was big philanthropy becomes the de facto world government, which is what we're seeing like with the World Economic Forum and that. So some of those 20, 2010 Rockefeller Foundation scenarios, people focus on the pandemic one lockstep, but hack attack was, I think, probably closer to the mark. I think that was the one where as stuff gets split up. So I actually think that they're they're just they're just sliding into a different um, scenario. And that that's going to have where we have more conflict and there's less, you know, plus I, I can't help but notice that they're pulling down how much variety we have, like they're kind of, you know, Soviet unioning our stores and the efficiency i feel like they're letting like the airplanes and stuff kind of not they they used to have perfect records and and everything was great they really strive for that i feel like they've reached some kind of tipping point they're like okay we can pull back and slow things down like i'm now starting to worry about like air air safety because i feel like that's they don't need that anymore they're not building anymore I even think the population growth thing the population control, I think it has such long lead time that they're going to start turning that worm and, and look for, say that there's a population bust. Like, I just, I feel like we're at this weird critical point and conflict is a big part of dividing and conquering, like Bart saying. I have a theory with the vaccine that, because a lot of people I've talked to have said, well, how would they, why would politicians, so many politicians, why would so many people be okay with uh, pushing something that they knew were, was going to harm people? But I, I mean, it seems like 
a lot of younger people, unfortunately, you know, it is affecting young younger people negatively. But the majority, I mean, I think the the highest percentage of vaccinated people are older, right? And people after retirement. Well, what are they contributing to society in the government's eyes? They're basically a leech to society, right? Because they they're you know Medicare, uh, it's you know whatever, all the things, all the benefits you get from being a senior citizen. Um, so why not? take them out. I mean, that helps the government quite a bit with, uh, you know, freeing up some money. So, I mean, it's just a theory, but it seems like if, if some people knew that it would, uh, you know, that the majority of the population that would be um, most afraid of the coronavirus or, 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 or um, COVID and uh, get most likely to accept the mainstream narrative about getting vaccinated uh, to protect themselves from it. Uh, if they knew that those were older people who were going to go shortly anyways, and you could save a couple bucks by, um, you know, taking them out a little earlier, it seems like it's it'd be pretty possible. And then when you obviously, if you look at all the, um, you know, uh, depopulation agendas uh, from it just it just seems like, you know, it's, it's something that that could be uh, that they knew about and they knew that it, it, it would kill older people. Because the thing about older people, it's also the easiest way to disguise a adverse reaction because when you're old you're already on a couple medications you already have like multiple health issues um most people you know especially in america where we live very unhealthy lives because we're eating crappy food and we're uh, not exercising or taking care of ourselves so if some uh, person who's 70 dies from a adverse reaction from vaccine it'd be much harder to prove uh that it was uh you know the 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 majority of the contributor what came from the vaccine than somebody who's young and um but somebody who's young might be healthy enough where they could deal with those issues i know plenty of people who've gotten the vaccine who have not felt the same sense and i don't know how much of that is maybe in their head you know it can be of course um but uh you know i i think when there's enough smoke there's definitely fire somewhere so uh, that's just a theory in regards to uh, pushing the so, vaccine, linking it to the depopulation. So in accordance with that theory, then are they going to start waking up the politicians and the doctors when they realize it's affecting young people and they're dropping dead? I mean, sudden, you know, sudden death is a regular thing every day now, every single day. Right. So are, are they going well, to start go realizing to it then? If to, to go back to Steve's point, all politicians are monsters anyways. So I don't think they care <laughs> to be completely honest with you. I really don't like this idea. You know, we, we you know, like uh, people talk about in the show all the time, like this idea of like the elite, the elite, the elite, like the people who can't grasp that perspective, that there are elites who think that they're the ones who should be deciding the future of humanity. Um, it's, it's like, well, since the beginning of time, there's always been elites. There's always been monarchies, people who want to rule over others. Why the fuck do you think that now is any different? Why do you like all we all they've done is they've done a better job of disguising it and convincing us that we're the ones making the decisions or swaying the decisions in one way or another. We live in a, a illusion. I'd like to say a couple things. Uh, one regarding the vaccine. I kicked the tires. I did an 18 part webinar. I went into every part of the SARS-CoV-2 and the vaccines. People think there's only a few, there's 600. They all have slight variations. What they're doing is kicking the tires. 
uh, for direct evolution and experimental evolution. These are Darwinists and they are continuing the dark that, you know, they believe that everybody's going to evolve, um, but we were not evolving fast enough for them. So they decided to help it along a little bit. And that's what the SARS-CoV-2, um, there's something called the Philo code. If you want to look into that, it's a new classification of life that took 10 years to develop. That's what the, um, John Hopkins clade X exercise, you can look that up on YouTube, was all about. So this is actually directed evolution and experimental evolution where everybody gets a little something different. They, when they say safe and effective, you have to read the government code and the code is safe and effective for depopulation, but they leave that part off. They just say safe and effective and people believe it um, I could go into a whole long tangent on that. So th these are gene editing tools. They are not, um, they are trying to change the basic fabric of humanity. That's why we're seeing people lose it. Uh, maybe some of these kids that are going ballistic, um, it's because they've tweaked with their mind. Their cognitive skill kind of goes wonky um, another thing that we have to, I do not believe that they've let up. They've got some very sophisticated, I don't know if any of you are following the direct energy weapons. I followed Dr. James Giordano um, to a T. And finally, that the very details on the Havana syndrome um, are coming out. I've been reporting on it. And quite frankly, they've given the operational go to direct energy weapon every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. And, and just this morning, I had some time as I'm sipping my coffee before I really get serious into my research. And DARPA, just three days ago, two days ago, June 3rd, um, has a new program where they are going to protect soldiers from the direct energy weapons, but not the average person like you and me. So we could have all the guns and weapons that we want. I know I've been, I sat right here in this chair, right where I'm sitting right now um, on September 30th and got hit by a direct energy weapon within, and, and I was on a, a keynote on a European forum. I managed to make it through the last 15 minutes, went upstairs, crawled into bed. I woke up an hour later with 103 fever and COVID. They painted, I saw them painting my lungs um, as I was sitting here. It was a little freaky to be on air as the keynote and kind of keep your cool. Um, but of course I really didn't know the full thing of what was gonna happen. The, the last thing I'd like to say is they are not backing down. Um, they are changing tactics, that's what they do. So back, I lived in Montana I went to a health food store for 15 years. I wouldn't mask. They called the police. I had somebody from out of state. Um, they said, well, if you don't give us your ID, we're going to arrest you. I couldn't very well go to jail. I would have gone to jail if um, I didn't have someone from out of state that had no transportation. So what I didn't know is they put me in a troublemaker's database. A month later, I went to tweak my bill or, or my will. And they said, 
I called cold called a law firm. It was a minor change in my will. And the guy said, you know, let me just check and see if we don't have any conflict of interest. He called me back 30 minutes later. He said, I'm sorry, our law firm cannot represent the likes of you. The likes of me. Wow. <laughs> and then he said, I said, well, if you can't represent me, could you um, give give me the name of an attorney that that would represent me? And he goes, in all good conscience, I can't represent or refer any attorney to you. None. Zero. And then I, he goes, you might try the Bar Association. I go, could you please give me their phone number? Nope. Click. And off he went. Well, it got worse. Uh, for three in March, I had in March, I had identity theft. They pretty much lifted everything, which uh, if you follow the circles I follow, that's very possible. And three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, my bank in Montana called me up. I have a personal banker, never had an NSF check, had money in the bank, have assets. She calls me up and she said, we have had secret meetings and you are high risk. We are terminating you as a customer. You're terminating me. Okay, so I go, I've established a, a bank in North Dakota. I go to that bank. I, I leave a little bit of money over there, you know, in the Montana bank in case some checks come in. And then I write the check for the rest. The Montana ba bank sends the check back all encoded, all encoded. Next thing I, I know, I get letters from my North Dakota bank saying, um, we, have, we have confidential sources that your money is no good. About this time, I am like banned. All my e-commerce is banned. I, all of a sudden, if I disappear on Zoom, it's Zoom disappears me. I'm in the middle. I go to a science meeting every Saturday with lawyers and scientists. And all of a sudden, they booted me out. So I, I, I sent an email message to Adrian. I said, hey, send me a, because I didn't know why I got booted out. I said, please send me a, a thing, a invite, and I'll pop back in. They said, nope, you, you violated community standards. So across the board now, everything has got me blacklisted everything. Now my North Dakota bank, I just took my money, all my bank money out. I have no bank. No bank will take me. I'm hot, you know, because I fight back. And I think, so this is what y'all have to look forward to. I mean, it's not just me. It's, it's coming your way. And that's why I felt like I needed to share this. Not that I want to share all my personal stuff, but this is, they are very active right now and they are in hunt mode. They're in predator. You think Jurassic Park is bad. You should see these guys in action. Is there so, something specific that you think you sort of did or, or what path you're going down specifically that got this accelerated for you or? Oh, they don't like the fact that I break their break open their, um, like latest programs, like DARPA's new, new newest programs, and um, uh, if I may uh, make a suggestion about that, sure. uh, Celeste, 
What I've learned is uh, there's, you know, the Illuminati, we've all dabbled in studying that. They have their code, in quotes, yes. uh, like yeah. warning people through subliminal messages. And sorry, we told you you weren't awake enough. Another one is they generally don't go after the person receiving the information. Like in my book, it's on the front page of sabrell.com. I have whistleblower testimony from a gentleman who was standing beside President Johnson while they filmed Apollo 11, June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at his particular military base. The guy was chief of security, a military police. So they went after him because he leaked the information to me. They didn't go after me. Just like the Democratic, you know, you know, weird things that were going on when, uh, San, what was it? Uh, Bernie Sanders received more votes, but Clinton kept getting more delegates anyway. They didn't go after the recipient of the information. They went after the person who leaked it. And in Celeste's case, I think because she worked for Janet Napolitano, she was part of the system. They especially don't like her going to the other side. So I think that's why they're targeting her. Not that this isn't a warning that they won't do the same to us or everybody eventually, but I think her in particular, they go after because she used to be a player. She used to play along and now she's not anymore. Well, to underscore that point a little bit, and you brought up Bill Benny earlier, um, <clears throat> he was subjected, him and his wife were subjected to the same direct energy weapon attack about a year and a half ago. Um, and it's, I mean, Bill wrote Thin Thread. He, he was the NSA code where he found a way to intercept information that was less invasive than, uh, was it Stellar Wind, the, the program that they went with and pushed Bill off and, uh, uh, eventually onto the path of him becoming a whistleblower to to do. But yeah, the, the direct energy weapon attack seemed to be, uh, at least this point in the last couple of years, more or less limited to people that are, that are at least one point were part of the machine. Except that they just did it like this last, um, like say the second to the last um, full comprehensive um, interview or article, and I did a, a podcast on it, um, where they actually said, Dr. James Giordano said that they are ready now at this point to do a direct energy weapon against every man, woman, and child on the planet. And they have been, um, it's not DARPA, is it DARPA? Yeah, I think it is DARPA is playing with the ionosphere, much like HARP. And um, they are bending and refracting the ionosphere. And you know how like when you go out on the grass and you always feel grounded and really good uh, Schumann's resonance, this is ground truthing. So they're gonna put six satellites, they're starting with six very low orbit orbiting satellites. And then they it is gonna go down into the earth so that in conjunction with people that have gotten vaccinated, I'm not vaccinated or transmitted to, or even just in a direct energy weapon, it's really going to shake up the physics of, of the way that our body and the atmosphere um, around us and how we respond to these attacks. 
they're not doing this for nothing. DARPA's next project is called Ouija. Um, so it, I have this at shepherdsheart.life on my blog. You guys can see the documents, uh, the Athena agenda. It's, it's pretty wicked stuff. And so it, I don't believe that it's just me. Yeah, I'm very vocal. And yes, I am a traitor. I've known that for a long time. But they've never really come after me in, until September 30th. And that, but that's when the direct energy weapon news was coming out. But they didn't expect the average person to go and dig in. And I did a four-part webinar on it. Uh, Whack-a-brain. It's over at Rumble. Um, so that's when the fun started. And, and you got and COVID? What? It gave you COVID too? Yeah. Yeah. Twice. I got two direct energy weapon attacks, both resulted in COVID. And the old media person that I sent my article and expose to, he got it the same day. So we were both hit the same day. So does that, how does that work? Does that, do we all have something in our body that can be turned, like that can be turned into COVID or is it something that literally they in, sort of injected into you with this weapon? No, it's um, painting. It's called cell painting, but they can do it with frequency. So it's, it's um, a lot. All of us have some nanoparticles so they can geolocate us. Most, uh, there was a patent on all of our brains in the 1970s, so they can just plug into the quantum computer and say, I want to find Celeste, and, you know, then they can just lock on and, and do their weapon. So I'm very concerned about these very low orbiting satellites. I mean, they're like, very, they're below the Starlink, but, and they're just above where airplanes are. Um, and those have a payload, and that payload is the very um, is the very technology ultrasound, pulsed EMF, and microwave that they were talking about at the conference that I attended and did the expose on. One one thing you talked about too about banking. Uh, one thing that we actually haven't talked too much about that on the show we've talked a little bit about all the small businesses that were demolished uh since 2020 but also all the small banks and that's also a, another issue because this is all plays a part into the basically the plan of of having the elite control everything and and some type of global government and also make sure that all the power gets uh goes to these uh federal reserve type banks these central banks and eventually have a a digital currency that they can control and and that's the other thing that's why i think a lot of people were skeptical of bitcoin and all these other things and i was always kind of conflicted a little bit because in a way you know our good friends uh aaron and kingsley from float and and many other people that are huge in into crypto they saw bitcoin as a or just cryptocurrency in general as a way of detaching from um from things right and it, it, it's like okay now i have control over my currency i, I can have a tran transaction without anybody getting involved with no middleman um with nobody restricting me and then um but it's also getting us used to 
and and normalizing cryptocurrency and digital currency and eventually that you know the the federal reserve will have their own and we'll all you know and then next thing you know there's a currency that's easy easier to control and easier to manipulate and and then obviously this can lead into the conversations about social credit scores and it's like okay well you're not gonna have access to money if you're not vaccinated or if you're not you know following our rules so um, I think that bank thing, you know, because a lot of us in the alternative media world, it was a topic that I one one of the rabbit holes we initially went down, right? Like the um, the Federal Reserve, you know, uh, we've had uh, G. Edward Griffin on the show before, who wrote the the very famous book, um, The Creatures from Jekyll Island, and it's like, oh, the bankers run the world, the bankers run the world, and uh, and and the last couple of years, we've talked a lot about the power of of government and and big pharma. But we can't forget that the, the banks are also gaining power throughout this whole process. And uh, they're, they're killing small, small bank or small. Yeah, the small local banks. And uh, and and really just like and somebody else mentioned it. I don't know if it was Graham or somebody who talked about how um, and, and this is the issue everywhere. Like we used to be able to go to a small community and they had restaurants that were exclusive to those small communities. Now, if you're a tourist, there's it's literally everything's just a replica of, of itself you go to um portugal or you go to wherever and it's like oh there's mcdonald's there's you know whatever and it's just like oh there's walmart you know it's like next thing you know there there will be no place that has its own identity its own culture its own you know it's everything's going to be a cookie cutter same thing which is also another issue you know that uh, that i think it, we're we're going to run into and are running into well, Charlie knows this. He lived in Vegas. It's even worse. Like you did, uh, there's in a square mile. It's there's five Seven Elevens, three Rosses, a couple Robertos, and that's like every square mile. It's the same thing over and over and over again. You could get dropped off anywhere in Vegas, spun around in a circle, and you would literally see the exact same buildings no matter where you went. And then they all just sort of direct you into the the strip. Yeah, and the other thing that the vaccines leading to, like, I wonder if and you guys have done any research into the because the five G thing during the COVID thing was a hot topic, and then it's kind of a uh, lost some steam a little bit. But you're 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 hearing uh, stuff about you know these energy weapons and stuff like that. Um, is it all connected? Is it a way of eventually controlling people? You want to yeah, jump? It, it actually is. Um, so basically, it's a nano. The SARS-CoV-2 was a nano construct, uh, sin bio construct. It had seven pathogens, seven different animals, seven things we don't know, and a payload inside. When a, when a frequency hits it, it's like spinning the roulette wheel. Um, it can spin Ebola, the pox, um, HIV, um, MERS you know all the different it can activate the the pathogens it can activate the animal part so all of a sudden you've got xeno transplantation inside your body a lot of people don't know that you know it had um let's see bat snake uh civet a civet a pangolin um were some of the animals that are in the original and you didn't hear about them for a long time and now you're starting to hear about them again that's because the frequency they just target and it's also why 
if you've got a family, the father can have, and I have an article on this that it, done by the Israelis, uh, the father can have one set of symptoms, the mother another, and each of the two children, something entirely different. That's how that happens. Um, if you have the measles, you're all going to get the measles. You're going to get the fever. You're going to get the spots. You know, you're going to have the measles. But in this case, it's the frequency that hits. Um, and if they were vaccinated, they do give like children different ones than the middle Amer middle age. And then the older ones get different different types of things inside the vaccine. Does that clarify a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And, and when you see what uh, frequencies can do to water, I don't know if people have seen the, these videos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. I remember having Dr. Tom Cowan on my show with Dr. Jessica Rose as my co-host and, and him talking about uh, people. And actually, I think just recently on a Rogan podcast, I talked about this, about uh, this experiment where they... Um, focus on water and try to give it like positive energy and then they froze it and the crystals looked one way and then you gave it like negative energy and the crystals looked a different way i mean we have we have this idea that like nature is this other thing right like we're not connected to it it's this you know we're we're humans and then there's nature right and it's like no no we're all one we're all connected we're all um you know this uh i, I don't know to what regard, you know, things are intelligent, but I, I, I don't think that things are as, um, as they seem, right. I think there's a lot more to this world around us than we understand and we may ever understand. And, um, and, and that's even with like, I know we talked about on the last unit on one, the UFO thing. Right. And this goes back to Bart's point. If, if the news is talking about it, maybe we should be a little skeptical about it and this idea of uh you know them openly talking about ufos it's like maybe it's a psyop a cover-up in regards to how advanced their technology is when you look at like things like uh the pyramids and and many of us on the show are big uh fans of graham hancock and and uh um randall carlson and, and this idea of like there's uh, civilizations prior to us that we think were much more intelligent or had a, a much greater understanding of certain things than we do now. And, um, you know, so who knows if the elite have some, some of that information and, and, you know, who knows how advanced they are, uh, or what information they're suppressing or, or, uh, hiding from the, the general public, you know, for either for power reasons or because they don't think we're intelligent enough to, 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 to um, do something with that information. But, uh, without a doubt, I mean, it, it definitely makes you rethink everything that you think, you know, and, and maybe there is some energy weapons or some type of, uh, uh, they, they have some information in regards to their understanding of the world that uh, is being suppressed from us, you know, because if you're the elite, you would do that. You would, I mean, when you look at Freemasons, when you look at uh, these secret societies, that's kind of one of the things that gets brought up. It's this, uh, this wisdom that they hold that they know that, um, you know, the average person might not. So uh, that might extend to just our understanding of reality in the world around us and how gravity works and how energy works and how water works and all these other things. Well, even Jesus prayed over his food before he consumed it. Now, I got what you could call the bad flu or whatever you want to call it twice in the last two years. And I realized 
there was something similar, very common about both of them. Uh, and don't take this, please, as a, as a racist remark. Uh, both times I got sick after I ate at a Mexican restaurant. So I love Mexican people and food, by the way. But then I had to analyze that. What do I eat at Mexican restaurants that I don't eat normally? And there were three things. Uh, ground beef and a taco. The white cheese dip and the corn chips now there was a recent film probably we've all seen it watch the water but if you can they've already contaminated water pretty good with chlorine and fluoride and everything and to do it any further could backfire on the people doing it if you were to you know want to make people sick to add color to a you know pandemic uh, you could pick one food item. And it seems to me the, the practical one to do for the evil people in the world might be corn, uh, because all you got to do is just not eat corn. Now, there is corn starch and corn syrup and a lot of things, but you could avoid those two or just do organic. Uh, the person who said that they had a friend who felt they don't feel any, you know, I mean, they feel dramatically different now and every day since they got the injection. I, I think, I don't think they're imagining it. I think it's absolutely true. For example, I'm a big guy, but I don't drink anymore. But in the past, I could drink even a third of a glass of wine and I would feel it strongly. I don't drink Coca-Cola very often and now hopefully never again. But the last time I did, when I would drink a Coke, like, four times a year within two minutes i could feel my immunity going down so i got a little bird telling me i think it was two years ago that as of january 1st i think it was 2021 that the these evil elite people are activating i was told something in the food supply that was already there they didn't say what it was my guess would be corn it's gmo it's in almost everything but you can also avoid it pretty easily so i think praying over our food is very important even jesus did it because we can receive protection even over a poison if that's God's will, or if we ask for that protection. Uh, one of the prophecies of the last days is that people will be drinking poison and not be harmed, but they didn't say exactly what kind of poison it would be, did they? And uh, so I say, you know, years ago, you know, my dad was a mathematician. I'm always doing math and the, you know, the percentages of everything everywhere I go. Years ago, I saw like, you know, regular bananas, 50 cents a pound, and organic bananas for 70 cents a pound. And I'm like, oh, that's a 45% difference. I'm not going to pay 45% more for a banana. And then I realized, no, wait a minute. Is my health worth 20 cents a pound? Let me take a week or two to decide that one. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think it is. So the time to start eating non-GMO and organic is really about two years ago. And I paid the price. Uh, for not doing it uh, twice in the last two years. So there's something, you know, to the truth. These, these people are so clever, you know, they can activate anything that they want. And the thing about these injections 
it's no coincidence that phase one was the exact same list as Hitler's useless eaters. And Ricky brought this up. You know, if these people are logical, even though they're homicidal, genocidal, they if they're going to lower the population, who do you get rid of first? The elderly. And what was on this list of phase one? The elderly, the diabetic people with heart conditions, the overweight, the people who are, in their opinion, the greatest leeches on society. And who are they targeting next? I could not believe I thought I must be dreaming or having a nightmare when they went on national TV before the injections were FDA approved. And the lead story was pregnant women need to get it. Babies are just like the other group, 100% dependent on other people. You got to get rid of the elderly, obese, diabetic. They may need all this help. They're not contributing. They're just costing us money. Then you go after the babies and next the children, and they're going to try to weed it down to the, you know, core group of what they deem to be healthy people. As far as we know, these injections are so technologically advanced, they could go after green-eyed people. They could go after the one of a thousand people who have one green eye and one brown eye if they want. So, you know, the best thing is to be careful about what we eat, to say a prayer over it for protection from it, and to have our guard up at all times. Without a doubt, and for we're we're gonna uh, start wrapping it up soon. If anybody has any final words, anything you wanna uh, hit on, um, or we'll we'll start plugging away, and you guys can let the audience know where they can get your work, any projects that you're in the process of or, or you're a part of, or any upcoming things that you wanna announce. Uh, feel free. Well, let me just say sabrell.com. My last name S is in Sam, I B is in boy. REL.com, you can get a copy of Moon Man. And a third of it is why we didn't go to the moon and how they faked it. A third is kind of uh, my espionage adventures, including being drugged and kidnapped by the CIA, which I never said publicly. Also, disclosing astronaut murders that, according to the dead people's relatives, they were killed because of their lack of cooperation in the moon landing fraud. And the last third is really, you know, this is a rallying cry. The people who killed Kennedy, did 9-11, faked the moon landing, they're at large and they're running our country and the world. And if we don't do something about it quickly, they're going to achieve their goal at depopulating 93% of us. So if you want to read about that, go to sabrell.com. Awesome. Anybody who, who uh, Celeste, you want, so you want like to I can go next. So I, in my video work for people that want to subscribe uh, is celestialreport.com. Um, I do have a rumble channel. It's Celeste Solemn, uh, one word, and you can follow me over there at rumble and um, my articles. And I do provide the documents, the hard links and everything that you need to know. Um, at shepherdsheart.life and that's in my blog and that's I do have a, a Patreon um, and I do have a, a community that meets every Tuesday kind of like this talking with uh, awake people and just um, it's really nice to not look like you're an alien <laughs> when you say some of this stuff so I it was I just want to say to every one of you, it was a real blessing to that Charlie um, invited me, and I was really thankful to 
to join you this evening. Well, thanks for doing it. Uh, we appreciate you getting out of the garden. Zach is, has, has built a tremendous website. Mention it, please. Let these people know where they can find it. For the best place for news 24-7, come to blast.video. It is an aggregator. It's a spider. It crawls many of your favorite uh, social commentators and puts them all into one single website. That website is blast.video. If you like the website, you can support us. Yeah, right there, blast.video. If you like us, you can support us. Uh, blast.video slash support. It's going to take you to our Give, Send, Go campaign. Uh, please go to it every single day. Uh, bookmark the page. It's going to be your best place for news. If it's not trending on Blast.video, it's not trending uh, anywhere else. I thought Steve went, wanted to do, get into podcasting so he wouldn't have a day job. And now he's got himself a day job every morning and every early morning. in the morning at that. Yeah, yeah. You no, fucked yourself, uh, Steve. Good job. <laughs> I, I was up anyway. What was I going to do? Um, you guys, thanks for, for having me back here. This is the most magical and amazing ensemble podcast on the planet. Um, if you're listening, you should tell all your friends about it. Uh, my name is Steve Poikin, and I host a, a morning show called AM Wake Up. Uh, Charlie just mentioned uh, you can find it on Rockfin. Uh, a couple other places you can find the full archive and all of the videos are available for download for free at videos.slownewsdayshow.com. Um, I also host Slow News Day every Sunday. It's more of a, a long form interview or deep dive show. The morning show moves relatively quickly. We do a lot of news. We do uh, a couple of interviews a day. Sometimes we're going to sit down with Maj Torre tomorrow. Uh, that is going to be absolutely phenomenal. So pull up for that. Uh, and again, thank you, you guys. You you rock. And Bart, you've been an inspiration for a very long time. This is a, an absolute honor. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, all of you are. I, you know, I bumped into somebody out in public who had heard of me and they said, you know, one thing I need to keep in mind is that there are more awake people than I realize. Sometimes you get discouraged. You think it's, you know, a tiny minority against a majority, but it's probably 25% of the people are woke and, um, and we're bringing more al people along with us. That's why there's so much censorship. What's Gray America outlawed up to these days? Oh boy! Well, it's nice to meet you, uh, Bart and Celeste, and good to see everybody else again. Thanks for the invite. Um, actually, we just did a like two and a half hour Rockfin video. It'll be coming out soon with the Brothers of the Serpent. Uh, they did a presentation on uh, all the ancient Egypt and a lot of these other places, but it's called Unfinished, and it's about all these examples of these megalithic projects that were just stopped in the middle of the work. And there's a lot of interesting tool tool sort of marks and stuff like that. That'll be out on Rockfin soon. It's fantastic. I really think they're doing a great job at showing this commonality that happened uh, like thousands of years ago. Maybe at the cataclysm, you know, maybe sort of what maybe one of those events that Bart's talking about. Um, and then we have uh, a lot of audiobooks from the 1800s on secret societies and stuff like that. You can find everything at grimerica.ca. You can click on the audiobooks there. Um, Outlawed is our our su supporter feed. That's uh, on there as a link as well. So check it all out. Thanks. Macroaggressions is available in audio format wherever podcasts are served and in video format on David Icke's platform, Iconic, on Rockfin, of course, on Odyssey, 
and band.video. The website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at macroaggression. The rippleeffectpodcast.com. Uh, the audio is available everywhere you can get audio. The video is available just about everywhere, everywhere except YouTube. Uh, like many of us, I, I got kicked off. And uh, But you can also find it on Blast. Dot video. So check out yep. Blast that video. You'll find um, myself and, and many of us on there. Mine uh, too. Yeah. And I highly recommend people checking it out. Uh, Zach did this. I mean, one thing that we talk about all the time is the algorithms being controlled and manipulated for social engineering and controlling the narrative. Well, Zach, as a, a software engineer, uh, understood how to uh, how to fix that problem with Blast.video. And he gives you what's actually trending and um, you know, it, it, with independent stuff, mainstream stuff, and uh, so it's a great uh, place. It, it's basically kind of brings you back a little bit, like YouTube used to be, where it actually gave you things that you that were interesting and you wanted to watch. So, uh, anyways, and uh, Ripple Effect Podcast. I forgot what I was even talking about. I'm like, I'm just plugging blast that video. Um, RippleEffectPodcast.com, and uh, you can find all my links and all that stuff there. And uh, and remember, guys, every other Tuesday. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Rockfin. Uh, look for the Union of the Unwanted. Many of us, if not just about the majority of people who come on this show, all have a channel on there. Uh, Monica, who was on there today, um, uh, Grimerica, Steve, you know, uh, Charlie, and uh, and Mike. Are you are you going to end up making it to uh, Rockfin eventually? No, <laughs> but Sam has enough channels for Mike. Yeah, I Mike, got him. I got enough things going on. Mike, what's going on? That's to let people know where they can find your show. OBDMPod.com or BigDumbMouth.com. That's it. That's it. That's I don't it. need any more plugs. I got too many I'm people done. listening already. Too don't, many don't, people. Don't oversell. You're overselling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll see everyone in two weeks. Thanks, everybody. Hey guys, thank you. Thank you, guys.